Y'all better look out. The Auburn Tigers have won three straight conference Ooh. games. They're coming in hot in November. And it doesn't matter who you play. When you look the way Auburn looked on Saturday, you're going to grab a lot of people's attention. He is Zach Blackerby. I'm Brad Law. This is Village Vice. And we are so glad that you have decided to make us a part of your day. It's time to talk Auburn, Arkansas. And Zach, we were talking just before the, uh, the record button. Um, most fun you've had watching a game start to finish in a long time. In a long time, in a long time. And obviously there's been cool moments, right? Like a year ago with, with Cadillac and Texas A&M or mm -hmm. 2019 Iron Bowl, 2019 Oregon. Like they had incredible moments within them. But just as far as complete game and just lining up and Auburn beating the stew out of somebody that matters, right, in SEC play. That was, yeah. that was fun, Brad. It's been a minute since we've been able to do that. You can minimize Vandy if you want to. You can minimize Mississippi State if you really want to. But if you want to, I would question your motivation. Mm -hmm. um, but Arkansas, and I get that Arkansas didn't compete at any point for the West this year. But you've now put together three straight conference wins against the conference teams on your schedule. They're still conference games. And it's about the way you looked doing it. Yeah. Auburn looked a step ahead of Arkansas in every phase of the game yesterday from the first play. Yeah. And uh, and we're going to talk about some of those elements, but uh, it starts with the first quarter. That's now three games in a row that the offense has come out and produced two first quarter touchdowns. Yesterday, it was a little different in that you had longer drives. It wasn't just an explosive play that did it. There mm -hmm. were explosive plays, but... Man, these fast starts, the the issue that was plaguing Auburn the first half of the season with slow starts, that's a distant memory at this point. So far, Ryan, we'll see if that changes against New Mexico State, which appears to be a better team than we thought they would be probably at the start of the season. And then obviously we'll see what happens with the Iron Bowl. But but you're right. I mean, the, the biggest issue that Auburn saw in that four-game losing streak, with the exception of Ole Miss, was how bad they started. And Georgia's start was okay too. But I mean, we're just, we can't get our, out of our minds that LSU start. Yeah. That was abysmal. That Cal start, that was abysmal. And then AM certainly could have been better as well. And so, what do you do? You're an Auburn team that puts together this awesome drive that had multiple third down conversions, multiple different ways to attack a defense, an explosive throw and catch um, from Peyton Thorne to Caleb Burton. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it was just – it was a really solid performance by Peyton Thorne all around, especially in that first quarter. Th that interception that he threw later in the game wasn't great. But outside of that, you got to feel pretty good about everything he did. Yeah. And then the defense gets on the field, and they do what we thought they would do, what we talked about, Brad. The major mismatch of this game was Auburn's front seven versus Arkansas's offensive line, and we saw that early and often. Yeah. And then you return a punt for a touchdown, and all of a sudden Arkansas blinks, and they're down fourteen nothing, and they've had they've ran three offensive plays, which is exactly exactly what you want to do to your opponent. Now, it took life out of them early, so much so where they had to pull KJ Jefferson later in this thing. The third quarter um, won the game for Auburn. Uh, I, I really think that that's that. I think it killed everything everything happening on that Arkansas sideline. Yeah, the you know. Auburn has gotten these big leads, and then if you wanted to point to something negative, you had the drops against Vanderbilt. That was a negative. You could point to 
What has happened against State and Vandy when Auburn got big leads? Were they able to go out and make statements early in the second half the same way they did in the first? Now, they scored in their first possession of the second half against Vanderbilt, but um, and they got three points on their only drive in the third quarter against Mississippi State, but it wasn't that foot-on-the-throat type of, yeah. of look or feel to it like it was Saturday in Fayetteville. It absolutely had that kind of feel. There was going to be no doubt. There was no chance for the home team to get any momentum whatsoever in that game. And there are multiple – like the only chance they had to get momentum was after the interception. Yeah, And the defense held them to a field goal. Yeah. I think at that point, looking back, you could you could go back to that moment in the game and go, well, Arkansas is in trouble because that was their chance to snatch away any momentum. Similar to how Vanderbilt had a chance to snatch some momentum after the pick six mm -hmm. a week ago, and the point it is just it just this team just didn't allow that to happen. And um, you know, looking at the first drive of the game from that very beginning, I thought that uh, kind of I guess evidence of being a step ahead. You knew that because of the game Jarquez had the week before, and the week before that, and the week before that, that. T. Will and the Arkansas defense were going to just key heavily on him. I thought they would walk the safety up or the nickel up and put an extra guy in the box and crowd the middle. And sure enough, right from the jump, the play fake to Jarquez or the read option, the, the zone read play to Jarquez, the fake was there. Everybody collapsed. Peyton took it for eight yards. Um, three of the six plays on that drive were Peyton runs taking advantage of the defense collapsing the middle. So Jarquez's success the last three weeks showed up in a big way, in a real clear way, on that first touchdown drive, even though three of the six plays were, were Peyton Thorne runs. And I also thought it was critical on that first drive, Zach. Uh, the second play, you, you get a false start penalty. So now instead of second two, you get a second seven. And mm -hmm. instead of being affected by that negatively, instead of that being a drive killer, Auburn comes out and they get the 45-yard pass play to Caleb Burton. Bam, just like that, the field is flipped. Auburn's got momentum. And then we saw what they did from there. But I just I thought those were a couple of really early signs that this team was locked in and on top of their game. Yeah, and a few crucial third downs as well. Mm -hmm. One that Peyton made with his legs. Uh, I mean, I certainly love that. I wish they would have kept to the ground more on third down than they did on Saturday, but seven of 12 on third down, which is not what Auburn has done over oh. the course of the season. Normally it's like four of 12 or three of 12. So that was much better. And also holding Arkansas to one of 12 on third down that will win you football games. There's no question about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. you don't give up a first down period until the second quarter. <laughs> That works. Such a great start. Such a great start for this team um, in that game. And then there were points. I mean, they kind of kept it going, mm -hmm. Brad. I mean, in the second half, it kind of felt like, okay, it would be really easy for them to take their foot off of the gas. And that didn't happen. Yeah, That didn't happen. And to me, that was almost more impressive that they kept that mentality going over the course of the game. But, I mean, this was just an old-fashioned butt kicking. I mean, there wasn't anything else to it. You went into Fayetteville and you totally just did whatever you wanted to yeah. on, uh, on, on offense, on defense and on special teams. I mean, it yeah. was, it was by far your most complete game in a very long time. Let, let me recognize a couple of things about Arkansas. All right. And I listened to Arkansas post like 
post-game, post-game, post-game radio last night as we were leaving the stadium. I've never heard such brutal, visceral attacks on an athletic department, on a program. Like, they, man, alive, the people who did that. And I get, you know, look, it could have been anybody doing it. Those aren't the official Arkansas representatives, but um, but it was it was pretty brutal. But there's a couple things let's recognize, right? Rocket Sanders was back, but he was clearly not 100%. Right. It looked like perhaps, and I don't want to judge the young man, um, maybe he was playing not to get hurt again, and he did get dinged up again at, at one point. So he's not 100%. The offensive line has been bad, and as a result, they started two different tackles than the guys that had previously been starting because the starting tackles – had not performed well. So you got mismatches that you started with mismatches and the new tackles weren't able to hold up any better than the previous ones did. All right. So let me acknowledge those things. Now, let me also say, don't care about those things. I don't care that mm -hmm. Rocket Sanders and neither should any Auburn fan or frankly, any Arkansas fan. If you're watching, hi, um, you shouldn't care because you play the guys that are on the field. Baby, the matchups are what they are. And if you win them, you win them. And Auburn won them. 98% of the time. So yeah, th this th whole the excuses don't man, that narrative is tired. It's old. It doesn't mean anything. Well, the same people that are saying, Oh, it's Mississippi state. Oh, it's Vandy. Oh, it's Arkansas are the people that pick Auburn to lose against those teams. Well, <laughs> I mean, they, yeah, th th this was a, when you went into this matchup, Vegas knew that rocket Sanders wasn't a hundred percent. They knew that. They knew that Arkansas's offensive line stunk, and they still said Arkansas's the favorite. Yeah. ESPN's FBI prediction, whatever it is, they still had Arkansas winning this football game. They knew all of that. It's not like they ignored it. That's right. Auburn still went in there and kicked the crap out of them. Yeah. And so to, to say it's, you know, oh, it's because whatever, stop it. Get out way. of here. Auburn executed at a high level at all three phases. By the way, you can't you you can't selectively use that argument. Oh, it's just Vandy. Oh, it's just Arkansas. Oh, it's just Mississippi State. All right, then. Yeah, but it's Georgia. Yeah, but it's LSU when you lose those games. Or yeah, but it's a top ten team that you played or whatever. You can't you can't selectively choose when to use those those arguments. You play the teams that are on your. Oh, schedule. dude, I, I'm with you because this whole thing where everybody talked about okay, well, Arkansas was. Oh, they only lost by, you know, a few points to Alabama and to Ole Miss and all that. Like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Those are also the same people that said, you know, it wasn't a moral victory when Auburn barely lost to Georgia. So it's like right. either the end result is all that matters or that, or, you know, you can't right. have it both ways. So Auburn people that are on the fence, it, it's okay to be happy. It's okay to be excited about this team. Across the country, when you asked anybody, whether it was Vegas or national pundits, it was either six and six or seven to five were the two most likely options for this Auburn football team. You lose four straight and you're staring at seven wins in the face. If you can take care of business against New Mexico state this Saturday, and you have seven wins going into the iron bowl. I mean, that is a situation where it's like, okay, yeah, this is kind of better than we expected. Most people expected yeah. going into the season. I know there's a selection of folks that said, oh, this team feels special. They're nine and three. What, like, it's great that you thought that, but nobody really thought that, right? Like, no, I don't yeah. think this coaching staff really thought that. And so you look at it, there's so much to be excited about. It's okay to yeah. be 
happy. It's it. You're not just being. Hey, by the way, it's okay to just be a homer too. That's okay. You're allowed to do that. Totally. Permission fine. to bug granted. Absolutely. Um, but it's not. You're not just being a homer. Let me tell you how I know that others are noticing how Auburn has looked of late. I was in the airport uh, today, and this Georgia person started talking to me. Did you hear me, Zach? He started talking to me. He used words. He didn't bark at me. He didn't bark at you. No, he spoke using words, respectful, actual, adult, mature words, rather than just a, you know, bark. So that's how you know others are starting to pay attention to. Yeah. All right. Yeah. My bookie is something you need to be paying attention to. Mybookie.ag is the best place to get involved in all of your sports selecting action. We told you. We told you to pound the Auburn money line. We told you that if you did it, you have more money today than you did last week. You're welcome. Congratulations. And hopefully you used our code next round and you got a 50% deposit bonus up to $1,000. I mean, there's a way you really could have capitalized on this thing. If you just listen to us, just listen to us. <laughs> Mybookie.ag, use promo code next round. You will, uh, you will not regret it. Brad, so much conversation has been around Auburn's quarterback situation and Peyton Thorne, and boy, uh, they've gone all in on Peyton Thorne over the last three weeks over the course of this winning streak. Yeah. And, you know, the winning streak isn't all that, right? It's not all just going 100% in with Peyton Thorne. Right. But it does seem like it's a big part of it. Yeah, it really does. Um, I'm looking at stats, and I'm trying to do quick math on these last three games. Okay. And he is 49 for 73, which is, I think, a little better than 65, 68%, somewhere in that range. Okay. Um, He has eight touchdowns and two interceptions. Two very bad interceptions, but still. Right. Um, Those interceptions. And, And that's not counting his rushing yards, right? Like his, right. his, his his impact in the rushing game has been huge. That's correct. He has averaged, let's see, he's averaged better than 10 carries per game over the last three. And this last game, he had 38 yards against State, 40 against Vanderbilt, 88 yards. He's averaging, gosh, six yards a carry or so over those last three games. And you know what my favorite part, though, of his game was from, from Saturday? The wow. first touchdown that he scored – he shoulder trucked a dude. Truck stick. Yep. Absolutely lowered the shoulder. And I had him on post game radio and I asked him about the physicality. And I loved his answer. He said, Well, we we knew we were talking before the game that it was going to be a fight. We talked about it being physical. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to go and deliver the first punch. Anytime you're in a fight, you want to be the one that delivers the first punch. Well, all right. A lot of times we hear players talk about that. It's metaphorical because um, if you literally throw a punch, you're going to get kicked out of the game. Um, sure. But it's metaphor. Like, all right, play well. Depends what team you, know. you play for, but sure. Sure, sure. Score first maybe is delivering the first punch. Well, yeah. I, I mean, Peyton really put that on display. Very physical. Had a little attitude about him. Looked kind of like a quarterback who's playing with tremendous confidence and with good reason and has taken ownership of the role of starting quarterback. It's his, and he knows it, and he's acting like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, his play 
his play has evolved over the course of the season. I mean, the Peyton Thorn we saw on Saturday, last three Saturdays, is very different than the Peyton Thorn that we saw against Cal. And man, I am mm-hmm. so glad we can put all that road stuff to bed. Yeah. Gosh, that was annoying. Um, <laughs> because, I mean, I just, at that point in the season, I think we could have played AM anywhere. I think yeah. AM would have won. I think we could have played LSU anywhere. And I think LSU would have won. I think that might be a little different now. But yeah. at that point in the time, I don't know if it was all about where that game was played, but whatever. And then Cal, Cal may have been a similar situation. I mean, just the team wasn't ready yet. The team wasn't, it just, they haven't, they, they just didn't really jive up to that point. And so now you can roll your eyes and say, oh, it's Vandy. Oh, it's Arkansas, whatever. Auburn had a winning record on the road this season, yeah. despite all the stuff that, that Auburn people said about, about this team away from Jordan-Hare Stadium. And they're done. They're done. Yeah. That was their last road game of the season. They will play a neutral site bowl game somewhere. We'll see. Hopefully not Birmingham if they continue to win. No. But that's that's kind of where we're looking at here. And so I think all of this stuff about Peyton Thorne on the road, we don't yep. have to talk about it anymore, which is which is great. That is, is great. that is such a satisfying thing. Well, and to reiterate this point again, and I know we're kind of hammering this home, but it's okay. It needs to be. It's a 12-game season. Y'all, we wait too long for football season to reduce it to two or three games. I just, I'm a firm believer in you count all of them. You cannot dismiss wins because of the opponent. You shouldn't discount losses because of the opponent either. And we didn't do that. We we came back after Georgia and after uh, Ole Miss, these close losses to top 10 teams. And we go, no, you play to win the game. We talked about it with basketball and Baylor. Last totally. week. You don't you don't play Baylor to look good. You play Baylor to beat Baylor. You play these teams to win. Right. Do not dis don't be a fan that dismisses a win because of the opponent. Because to do that, you reduce the season down to a two or three game year. So you're right. gonna wait nine months for the season to start to reduce it to a two or three game schedule. You're not gonna don't do that. Let's don't do yeah. that. Right. Right. All right. All right, there there are some concerns. Not everything was perfect. Not everything was perfect on Saturday. We'll discuss that in just a second. We will. I got to talk though about uh, lanceslock.com. Yep, lanceslock.com. We'll talk about manscaped on Monday. It'll be a manscaped Monday. Lanceslock.com though if you need picks, right? You you need a little bit of help. You need somebody who's been in the game for a long time and who knows what he's doing. He's got a tremendous record going this year. Lanceslock.com is the place. Right now is the time to get the best deals on monthly packages, on annual packages. As you look toward the, the start of a new year, you're firmly in the NFL season now. College football is coming up on bowl season soon. A very interesting time in college football for sure. And uh, you want to get on the inside. So lanceslock.com is the place for you. Go to lanceslock.com. Yeah, concerns. So not everything was perfect, and that's okay. Um, we're certainly not going to come on and say everything was perfect. You, you, Peyton's two interceptions these last two weeks have been bad interceptions. They've been bad, but that is not the worst thing from Saturday. No. Can we agree on that? Can we I, agree that's not... The, yes. the present, the lack of a presence of an outside wide receiver, yeah, is fascinating. And he had more drops this, again. They went back to Cam Brown twice. They tried him twice on that play where he was isolated on the outside. Cam Brown was thrown to four times, Brad. Yeah. Zero catches. Yeah, zero catches. And after that first one, I was like, "What are you doing?" Like, I, I, I <laughs> it. So for for a long time, we kind of went after Auburn's wide receiver room. And I, and I think it was fair. 
I think it was valid for us to do that. But I don't think it's because they don't have any receivers. I think they feel really good about Caleb Burton. I think they feel really good about Javaris Johnson now that he's healthy. He's been yep. great. I think they feel good about Jay Fair, Rivaldo. All that's great. I think they feel good about those dudes as far as throwing them the football. The issue is all those guys by the same position. They're, they're all slot guys or tight end slash big slot slash flex tight end, whatever you want to say. But they're all inside of the uh, formation receivers. Yeah. You go outside, and that's where they knew they had issues, right? That's why they went out and got Nick Marner. That's why they went out and got Hooks. That's why they went out and got Jair Shorter. It all makes sense. And a lot of Auburn fans, myself included, this is before we were doing the show, but you were probably thinking it too. It was like, well, what about Cam Brown? What about yep. Cam Brown? We heard nothing but good things about this dude uh, since he's been here as far as what he's been able to do in practice. He didn't really get a whole lot of chances in the game. Now he's starting to, yeah. despite all of these other guys that have transferred in. Um, like, I don't think Hook's got a target. Nope, no, he didn't. He didn't. And, and he didn't against Vandy either. And so it's like these guys are out there. But whenever the ball is thrown their way, nothing, nothing is happening. I mean, you look at and, and I'm not positive who was lined up where with all of these. Yeah. Like Rivaldo, three targets, three catches. But one of those was a touchdown. He was lined up out wide in the red zone. Like yeah. that's that's fine. But Amari Kelly, I'm pretty sure he was lined up out wide on his target where that was not a catch. Coy Moore. Uh, I think Cam Brown was thrown to four times. He was out wide on all four of those. And it's just like the lack of production from the outside of the field that were the receiver position. Yeah. It's a major issue, Brad. And I think you have to fix it at this point with personnel. Yeah. And I don't think that personnel is on the roster. Or they would be playing at this point of the season. Oh, I, I yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I'm looking to what uh, what plays were run here, and on second and six at the start of the second quarter, there's a pass intended for for Cam Brown over the kind of over the middle that was broken up. They go back to him on the left side on third and six so on back to back plays on one of the few like Oscar Chapman only punted twice right in the when the starters were in and, and it was awesome two punts. Um, well. One of the punts came after they tried to go to that outside receiver position on back-to-back -back plays. I love going. I love trying to go back-to-back -to, -back to a guy. It was um, there. He was there. The play was there to be made. Um, yeah, you're right. That so so, and they're the rotating drop, that position too. Like they're right. trying different dudes. Amari had a bunch of snaps on the outside. I'm looking at yeah. it now. Coy Moore had 20 outside snaps. It's just nobody. Nobody's doing it. Nobody's getting it done, and so I guess they feel like the default right now is Cam Brown as that outside wide receiver. But And I don't necessarily point out that they had to punt on that possession to criticize the Arkansas game, but it highlights that, man, what one of these last two – all right, not one of the last two, the Iron Bowl. You feel pretty good about New Mexico State with all due respect. But in the Iron Bowl, you get second and six, and you throw to your outside guy, you need to complete that. You need to pick up a first down. You can't. You don't need to give away possessions uh, if you have a top ten team coming to your place and you get a chance to beat them in a rivalry game. Little things like that add up. They make a difference. Yeah, it's just not great. It's not great. So we'll see. I, I expect them to figure out ways to implement Bear, Burton, and Javarius Johnson at the same time. Yeah, they've got to figure that out. It's similar to like when. That year under Gus, that 17, 18, where they had Schwartz and Seth Williams 
at the mm-hmm. same time, and Gus was like, "Well, they play the same position." It's like, no, they're receivers. Yeah. You can put them both on the field at the same time, so they move, they move Schwartz around. But they've got to figure that out. None of those guys have the build or the body of what Hugh Freeze typically has in an outside wide receiver. Right. But I think for these next two games, you've got to figure it out. You've got and, to use them in that way. And if you put Rivaldo out wide at that outside spot, maybe we may you, see more of. Yeah, maybe that's outside the of the red zone. Yeah. Right. Yeah, maybe that's what you do there because Rivaldo once again shows that he's he's just fantastic. He's sensational. And you ought to go to him half a dozen times a game. The one-handed catch he made on the on the first touchdown with a guy hanging on his ankles, it was a great throw by Peyton because they brought the house on a blitz. Yeah. So to kind of it wasn't a traditional, you know, his mechanics weren't what they usually are. He just kind of had to get it out there. And for Rivaldo to get his head around, make the one-handed catch, and shake the guy off his ankle uh, was a really – it's one of the top plays of the year, in my opinion. Yeah, he only played four snaps out wide. I wonder if that number goes up in the Iron Bowl. I think yep. it will. I think it has to. Because he's had games – he played 10 in game four and 14 in game five. So that would have been Georgia and LSU, right? Yeah, four and five were Georgia and LSU. Yeah, and so and LSU is when they kind of trotted out a bunch of dudes. Mm-hmm. That's like when they started Burton for the first time, and yeah. Rivaldo, and who was the third one? Coy Moore, I think, was the third starter in yeah. that game. So we'll see. We'll see how they handle the personnel moving forward. But you can't you can't fix it. You can't fix who you have, and that that's who Auburn has at that position at this point in the season. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll yep. see what happens we, moving forward. We have so many other good things to talk about yes. from Saturday's game. We didn't even talk uh, defense today. I know. I know. We didn't mention Marcus Harris. We didn't mention Jayla McLeod. We didn't mention Keontae Scott. We we got to get to some of this, and we will as, as the week goes on. Yeah. Yeah, we'll probably do that tomorrow. So be sure to hit that subscribe button. Make sure you don't miss it. But in the meantime, Brad, that's about all we've got for today's show. It will. Thanks, everybody, for watching, for leaving your comments. We do read them, and we appreciate them. Until next time, remember, everyone has vices. Make sure Village Vice is one of yours.